September 2019, I presented to the church uh, a vision that, uh, that God had given us about the way forward for the church for the next three years from that point. Uh, we had entitled a build uh, because we didn't necessarily want to build a bigger church, but we wanted to build a stronger church. Um, and as you know, build means to construct something, assemble it, join parts and materials together, uh, to establish, increase, or strengthen something. Uh, and it's what we've been challenged to do here as a church through all the different things that we did in church. And to build anything, you need three things. You need the right foundation, you need the right materials, and you need the right tools. And really the challenge that we had of the vision was really summed up in this quote that the health of the church is more important than the growth of the church. That we did, just didn't want to grow a bigger church by, uh, the, in a sense, by having more people come along, but we wanted to grow a stronger church by those people that were here. We wanted to give them something that would make them healthy, in a sense, spiritually. And so we had said that if we were going to build something, that's what we wanted to build as a church. And we moved on to March 2020, and um, COVID-19 happened, as we all know. And it changed the way we did church. Uh, we went from online, uh, some of us had never stood before video camera before, preaching our sermons, and we then went to Car Park Church, uh, out the back, and those of you who remember, it all been lined up like the Stella Line ferries, uh, ready to go on the boat. Uh, we did church there, uh, and then we came back nearly a year ago uh, to church, where they said to us, look, you can come back in the building, but you can't do church the way that you'd sort of, I've always done church, so we thought, right, well, put on two services. Well, in the end, we ended up having to put on three services because so many people wanted to come back, but also we had to sort of look out the restrictions and things like that. So uh, church has sort of changed so much and we moved on uh, through the year. We had to close once and then open again and then we had to close twice and then we opened again and back in February obviously we reopened again and we praise the Lord that we don't have to close again because we really don't want to do that do we so we're delighted to be here but plans and strategies can change methods can change the way we do church can change there can be new ideas and programs that can come along but what doesn't change is the vision and what we've decided to do today is really to bring the church back to the vision that we had back in September 2019 uh, and just share some things towards the end of our sermon, some new things that we're planning to do uh, that we'd love for you to pray about and get involved with. And, uh, and so we still feel a strong sense of calling uh, because of where we are as a church, that there is a community that need to be reached uh, with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ by the power of God for the glory of God that hasn't changed he said uh, you know uh, we're a doorstep church which means we want people coming into the church who live in the community uh, and so we're going to share some things that we're going to do at the end but I just want to share some thoughts from Ezra chapter 1 in the Old Testament uh, six verses and just to give you some context of the story that will help us uh, God's people are in captivity uh, but God had promised that the 
captivity would only last a certain length of time, uh, would be limited in its duration. Uh, at the right time, God faithfully keeps his promise. And he stirs the heart of a king called Cyrus, who's not a follower of God, but he, uh, King Cyrus decides that uh, he wants to put into action uh, the plan that, that God has. He thinks he's come up with the plan, but he hasn't. God has come up with the plan because uh, God has not surrendered his authority. He is in charge, in a sense. And, and so we come to these six verses in Ezra 1 that will help us. Today, Israel 1 verse 1 to 6 says, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation to all his kingdom and also put in writing, saying, Thus said Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth the Lord God of heaven has given me. And he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is among you of all his people? May his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is God, which is in Jerusalem, and whoever is left in any place where he dwells, let the men of his place help him with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, besides the freewill offerings for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. Then the heads of the fathers' houses of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites, with all whose spirits God had moved, arose to go up and build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. And all those who were around them encouraged them with articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock and with precious things, besides all that was willingly offered. They were ready to go on a journey as they came out uh, of captivity. There was one thing I've discovered, and I've been... Um, for the phrases uh, in ministry, in full-time ministry for the last uh, 23 years now. Uh, whenever God presents an opportunity, there are always obstacles attached to that opportunity. God never opens a door and it's a smooth road to travel through. Um, so beginning there, it helps us learn uh, three things that will help us this morning from this story in the direction we are going forward as a church. The first one is this, it is God who moves people. We see twice in this story that first the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus and then with all whose spirits God had moved. So stirring up the spirit and the heart of King Cyrus, the Lord wanted to put into plan his, his, his action plan. And then with all whose spirits God had moved that actually the people there were ready to move because God moved upon their hearts that this was time to go. And so God had called them and if God doesn't call you, you, you can't do it in your own strength because you'll face many difficulties and the call of God will see you through every difficulty. They face some opposition, some discouragement, some obstacles on the way. The first one was this, the journey itself was long dangerous and expensive. Uh, those that were in captivity were being called to travel 900 miles from where they were to where God wanted them to be, which is back in Jerusalem. So the journey they had to travel was long dangerous and expensive. The second thing is that they had returned to a city in ruins with no proper homes, roads or city institutions. Basically God had told them go back to go back to devastation and actually there was nothing left there from what was originally there. The third thing we see is this is that they didn't have all the material resources they needed 
They didn't all return to Jerusalem, but spread out over the province of Judea. They had many enemies, and their land was actually the possession of another empire. Uh, But what they had more importantly was that God was on their side, and God had called them to do this. Uh, And so in that calling is everything that they need, the strength, the provision, the guidance to do what God had called them to do. Uh, And so because he moves them, it moves us on to our second point, which is this and we've been drumming this into church recently through different things which is everyone has a part to play I'm a great believer in church and everybody has a mission our mission is made clear by what Jesus says at the end of Matthew 28 which says go and make disciples of all nations which means go and witness go and tell people about me each and every one of us has that responsibility we don't do that because we're paid to do it we do that because we're all called to do it in our own circumstances and situations but within the church everybody has what we call a ministry and ministry is just simply a place to serve it's just a place where you can serve to sort of help the church to see the church advance to see the church grow because there are lots of jobs that need done in the church to further the kingdom of God and one of the things we said in the vision originally was this is when people catch the vision it drives them to contribute their time their talent and their treasure And so we have a, within this community, not just 50 yards from this church, people whose lives can only be described as living in hell. There are people who are addicted and don't know how to break that addiction. There are people who need to experience the freedom of Jesus Christ. We carry the message within us of the greatest words that have ever been spoken in the history of civilization, which is that Jesus Christ changes people's lives. He does, he's changed some of yours in an incredible, amazing way. He still does it. We want to be the church that expresses that sentiment, declares that message to the people in this community. This is our mission field. Where we are, this is our mission field. We are not called to reach the whole of Belfast. I'm just gonna tell you that now. We're not called to reach the whole of Northern Ireland. we are called to do is to reach this Shankill community and particularly down here in the area that we call the the lower Shankill that there are people that need to hear the message that we have and trying to relate it to the story that we are reading from scripture we see that there are challenges here you see going back to the story not everybody left to go back to Jerusalem Not everybody stayed. Some people stayed. They had valid reasons. Older people uh, covering a journey of 900 miles was going to be a hard tax. There were families with young children. But really the third reason is why that most of them stayed. and, And it's simply this. They just got comfortable. They just got comfortable. You know, church can be a comfortable place sometimes. It can be a place where we can sit and say, what's not to love about church? I love this church. I'm slightly biased, but I do. And it says, I love this church. It says, we come to church, we worship. There are great people in this church. In the first two services, they're wonderful. No, they're not. In all the church, in all three services, they're wonderful people. We get comfortable in church. See, in my house, when I sit down, I have a special room in my house Um, because I live with three women so it's called the man room and so what that means is there are no women allowed in that room 
but they don't take any notice of me. So even the dogs are female and she's in there all the time. But anyway, what happens is this, and particularly because the football's on at the moment, I will go into my room and I will sit down and my daughter bought me a footstool for my birthday there. And so I can get myself comfortable. And you can guarantee the second I get comfortable, somebody will holler, let the dog out, do this, would you do that? Dad, can you get me this, Dad? And I'm thinking to myself, I've just got comfortable. Nobody ever wants to break their comfort. We are uncomfortable, nobody wants to move. But church is the same often. We get comfortable and we suddenly throw out challenges like there's still a community win, there's still people to reach. And we're like, but I'm comfortable. I've just sat down, my feet are up, the slippers are off, the window is open, the football is on. The tea is there. I've got comfortable. Why do I want to move now? But the reality is we have to. And as churches, as as people, we have to move from our comfort zone. But we have to move from our comfort zone as a church as well. And for us as a church, we want to start being uncomfortable. We want to start creating some discomfort because we should be uncomfortable about being comfortable. In a sense, we should be able to say, you know what, we have a, a calling, a privilege, a responsibility to reach this community. Uh, and so some people have just got comfortable. They'd heard the old stories about what Jerusalem was like. The dads had told them the stories around the campfire, and, but it didn't cause any desire with them to go. Why? Simply because of this, they were just comfortable. They didn't want that long journey. They didn't want the difficult task ahead of them. What we're called to do as a church is a difficult task ahead of us, not just a bed of roses, but a difficult task. It was going to be inconvenient. It was going to be risky and costly and uncomfortable. It says it wasn't like when they waited, sorry, when they got to their destination, these beautiful houses were waiting for them with fountains in the garden and lovely greenery. It said none of that was waiting for them, but the call of God was there and it had helped them. And it, it was really here that we understood understand this that some of them not all of them went but some of them went and the reason they went is because of this so when they, people catch a vision it drives them to contribute their time their talent and their treasure but I noticed in the six verses there are three people who get involved there are three people who get involved uh, the first one is this because everybody plays a part the first one is there were builders there were those who say I'm going to go and do this I'm going to go and do what God has called me to do I'm going to be the builder the second group of people in everyone plays a part is there were providers there are people that say I'm not going to go and build but I can provide I can give something I can give my time or my talent or my treasure I can get involved somewhere the third group of people is this is the encourager we see in the last verse it says they weren't going to go but they were the ones that encouraged people by what they gave and in every journey in every task that you do there has to be those three there has to be the builders there has to be the providers and there has to be the encouragers and as everyone plays their part in that story so everybody plays their part in church today you know there's a fourth one as well and this does happen in church and being involved in church for such a long time you realize there is a fourth group of people and we're okay with that it's simply this it's the spectators 
Those people who just want to, um, you know what, I'm happy and I'm comfortable coming to church, seeing what goes on and good, and that's okay. There's no pressure to get involved because as we read from the first point, if God doesn't move you, nothing else will move you. Uh, and so if God moves you to get involved, that's the only person who can move you to get involved. So people are welcome to do that. They're welcome to come along and enjoy church in a sense. But those people who want to be part of it, like the builders, the providers and the encouragers, they see this, that when vision is born, it's when people are so moved by a need that they just simply ask God to turn circumstances into opportunities. What is the need? What is the need for people? Those who decided to stay were happy that others were going to build and wanted to support that work. But in a sense, not, not just verbally and practically, but tangibly by saying, yeah, you know what, I want to get involved. But you know what we notice here as well? It's, it's, it is God who provides. 20 years ago, we sat in... Pastor Roy Leith was a pastor here before, before me. 20 years ago, he sat in his study and we were best sand tabernacle down in the front of the road there. And we as a church really decided that we needed to have a social response to the many needs in the community. That there's no point telling people that God loves them and they matter to God if they're hungry and they're cold and they can't pay their bills. So you, there's no point when you tell them God loves you, they say, well, why am I hungry? Why am I? And for whatever reason, we can turn around and break down the reasons why people end up like that. But I don't believe we're called to do that. I believe we're called to love people and we're called to help people uh, and so on that night we sat on November the 12th 2001 and we we came up with the Living Hope Charity where we were best sham and so the charity was called before we, we called the churches in 2007 we just said we just needed to do something to show people that God loves them should it be give them a piece of furniture, a food parcel, something that helps them. Should it be to pay the school uniform for their kids when they go back? Just something that just says, God loves you and you matter to God. And we found in doing that, people responded a lot better than just with the words that we say, because we wanted to show something tangible and practical, not just to be an encourager, but to be a builder and a provider as well. Uh, and so we have discovered over the last 20 years in that social arm of the church, what that we do, the different things that we do with the furniture and the food and everything else that we do is that actually God has always met our need. He's all always provided everything that we need that simply this because God promises God's provision supplies the demand of his promise you see what I see as well is is this and this this one before we share what the church is going to be doing some of the stuff the church is going to be doing this next quote sums up our church this I want to make a difference we're people who want to make a difference doing something that makes a difference and that a great quote, it's not mine. I can't even claim it as mine, I don't know who it is, but I want to make a difference with people who want to make a difference, doing something that makes a difference. Why are we here? That really is why we're here. Want to make a difference with people who want to make a difference because one person cannot do it on their own, doing something that makes a difference. And as we've done the first 20 years in a sense, we suddenly have come to this point where I have started to get uncomfortable and experience some discomfort 
because when we get comfortable, we put the slippers on, the spiritual slippers, put our feet up and think, we're doing okay, we don't need to do more. And God just throws out the challenge and says, what about all the people we haven't reached yet? What about all the people out there who need to hear the message? What about all the people out there who are suffering? What about all the people out there who need something from us and we can provide it because God has caused us to be a blessing uh, to them? So th this is where we're at. So we're going to share with you, in a sense, um, just some of the things that we're going to be doing uh, over the next few months. Um, it might often look sometimes like the leadership of the church is winging it but we're definitely not winging it we actually have a plan about what we are doing uh, Jackie Roberts one of the elders is here at this service and uh, Stephen Fancy and Jackie McCubrey and, and we sit down and we talk about what we're going to do over the next few months so we've got a plan we've got a three month plan and that will go into another three month plan because we just believe that we as a church are here to have an impact on that on what we're going to be doing doing so last week uh, on Wednesday and Thursday night uh, there was the Edge Youth Club was running there were two kids churches in here uh, and the youth uh, church youth was in there those two nights there were 240 kids and young people in the building which I think is amazing which I think is incredible it says 240 kids and young people a good luck from this community that we have an opportunity to reach with the message that we have and so we're delighted at that and to see that grow. That being in mind, this, uh, those of you who know Rebecca Hughes, which is probably most of you, Rebecca works here part-time. We're now bringing Rebecca Hughes on full-time uh, to the church. One, because she's brilliant with the children. She's great with the families and she needs to learn how to make a cup of tea which is the other thing as well like. but she's great we're bringing her on and so we're bringing Rebecca on and that because of what she's done so far we want to expand that Ben White is here sitting at the back um, Ben's a great lad he's been volunteering for the church for a while now and so Ben is going to be joining the staff here as a church worker. He's going to be continuing his studies. We're starting his studies with the academy. Uh, the one, I'd say, not the proper one. Now. One is a proper one, but because Jackie's here, I have to say that. The, uh, <laughs> the academy, Dan, so he's going to be doing his studies. But Ben just said, all he wants, his mum said to me, all Ben wants to do is work for the church. I think that's brilliant. We encourage that with young people. We want to see our young people, whether they stay here or go elsewhere, take up the burden that God has given them to reach people with that message. So we're delighted to bring Ben on board. There are lots of stuff that we do already. We're going to do this. Rebecca's going to look at, we're going to start up a baby bank. Um, we have a food bank already that provides emergency food parcels. Uh, for people what we want to do is we do get some baby stuff in uh, we've been in touch with a few of the organizations and, and we've just simply said whenever there are new mothers and they're struggling and they need something when their baby's born and said we're going to provide it for them because that's what the baby bank does and so we're going to set this up and and so we're looking for donations so you can help us with practically by giving us stuff that just stocks up the baby bank and then we'll make use of it by reaching people who are in need because that's what we want to be about and so we're going to be starting that up uh, on on August the 1st but we're going to be accepting donations uh, for now the, the only two things I remember about 
babies was they need nappies and pseudo cream. That's the only two things. I, so I was trying to think what else I need. Uh, baby bottles, I assume. Like I'm listening to church. I'm going to talk to. We'll talk to Ashley after. I say, Ashley, give me a list winger. <laughs> and then so we're starting a baby. But uh, the the second thing that we're going to do is we're starting this up. This is called grief share. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had to do two funerals in three months for two babies. Uh, I'm not going to pretend that it didn't break me, it did. I'm not going to pretend that it's just a job that you just do. And one of the mothers who, who lost a baby lives about 100 yards from the church. And I would bump into her now and again and chat with her. And you could see the obvious grief because there was no worse feeling than the grief of losing somebody. But if you've, you've experienced that, you'll know that. And so burdened by, right, what can we do here? Not just avoid the situation, what we can do. So Lydia Sharrett, who comes to the church, had put in about had said with me about this single grief share which is like a small group which gathers people together who are recently grieving not just people who have lost babies but anybody who's lost anybody and it's just like a small group program that they come into and it just supports them in their grief through different practical things just gives them a chance to share just and and so we're going to be starting this up in September just to reach another group of people who are hurting because I think that's what a church has got to be about, just reaching people who are hurting and just finding different tools and different means that are out there that just says, you know, we're going to do this. This next thing is, uh, is, you might think I'm nuts, but that's okay. He said, this is the shop on the corner. The shop on the corner has been empty for the last 18 months. Uh, and so the tender has just opened for it. And so we as a church have put in for the shop uh, so we would like to turn it into we're not quite sure yet because there's a few discussions amongst the staff about a uh, charity coffee shop a charity shop the baby bank uh, da, da, but it's got to be charitable that helps people uh, and so th this shop has been sitting empty uh, we filled in the application for it um, the rent's previous rent on it was £5,000 a year. Now, I'm not paying £5,000 a year, and anybody who knows me, uh, as you know, Valerie's here, Valerie's a church administrator, and she would call me tight, well, you could, she calls me frugal, but it's another word for tight with money uh, and stuff. So we're not paying £5,000. So we have filled in the tender, I've got the references, and uh, we have offered them a pound a year. Now, before you all go, you're nuts, I know, but sometimes when you take a step of faith, that meets halfway and we just feel like that building is empty. It will remain empty. Nobody will take that on. We want to take it on as a church because it meets at the two main roads in this community. Everybody walks past it. We can put something in there where people who will never come to our church, will never step foot in our church, will come to something that we're putting in there. And so we're taking the step of faith and we're just saying, we're putting it back in and just saying, Lord, if it's your will, I'm offering a pound and I'm not even going to ask for an offering for it. So don't worry, okay? I'm going to pay the pound myself, okay? Until... <laughs> until we get it and we need renovated, okay? But we're just doing that because we just want to have an impact in this community. And that building's going to sit empty. It's been empty for 18 months. We're looking at it and saying, you know what? We're, we're going to do this. And in the first two services, people sent messages after the first two services just about things they thought about the shop 
and said to each other about the shop as a confirmation. And I just thought, that doesn't mean we're going to get it, because listen, I've got to tell you this, and those who know me, this, I don't have any great revelation from God here. I've had no clouds in the sky that says, buy the shop, you know. It's just simply something that we just sense. I've put it to the oversight and just said, hey, this could be a great asset to the church in a sense and an asset for a church is just something that reaches more people that's all it is not make us money nothing like that it just reaches more people and brings them into church where they can experience the saving power of Jesus Christ that that's what it's about and stuff so we want you to pray about this we're delivering the tender back down to the housing executive uh, this week we may get laughed out the door but listen I don't care I says I would rather take a step of faith and get laughed out than sit comfortably so I've said already in the first two services I am not asking you to be uncomfortable without me being uncomfortable because I'm standing in front of three services today telling them I've put a bid in for a shop for a pound a year and you are looking going you're nuts like you know but listen I do it so you understand but all to reach the people in this community. We could get behind that, couldn't we? Could do that. Some of the things that we're doing at the moment. I'm excited and, 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 and just at what God is going to do and what he's been doing for many years, which is saving people and, and seeing the wonderful work that he does in the lives of people that are part of this church. There is a community to win and a community to reach. Now, let's pray. Father God, we thank you today. Father, you have given us a burden as a church, young and old, to reach this community for you. God, as we looked in the story there, that, that God, only some of them took up that calling and privilege of going back to the, the homeland. God, here we, we look and we say, God, just burden the hearts of people to take up this calling of reaching this community whether it be through the kids and the youth worker, baby bank, food bank, whether it be, Father, that your will is that we, we acquire this shop. God, we just want to use it for your glory. That, God, we want to see the power of the message of Jesus Christ change people's lives, Father God. And, God, we want to be used by you to do it, Lord. So, God, cause us to be uncomfortable. Father, bring about some discomfort that causes us to get up and do what you've called us to do. We thank you for this church, faithful giving over many years. So we sit in a building, Father, that there's no debt on it that we own, Lord. The wonderful provision, Lord, that you give us for all the projects that we do. But God, help us not to be comfortable. Help us, Lord, to be challenged, to have our hearts stirred, to be moved by you, Father, for the job is not finished. The task is incomplete. And Father, we stir, Father, we allow you to stir our hearts to move once again. Use us, Lord, in Jesus' name.